This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Monday, January 8, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. The National Weather Service says a potent and prolonged winter storm will impact our area starting this evening and continuing until early Wednesday morning. Current forecast models show anywhere from 6 to 12 inches of snow could fall. The Weather Service says there will be two to three periods of higher-intensity snow this evening and during the day tomorrow. Expect very hazardous travel conditions at times. In addition, strong winds will develop by tomorrow night and could produce significant blowing and drifting snow. The entire region is under a winter storm warning that begins tonight and runs through early Wednesday morning. Illinois lawmakers this year could consider a measure that strives to help improve the mental health of college students. Illinois Public Radio's Emily Hayes reports. Since 2012, K-12 students in the state have been allowed to take five days off a year for mental health. Senator Dave Kaler says college students have asked for the excused absences too. Especially if they're trying to work uh, part-time jobs and, uh, and uh, you know, make, uh, uh, you know, pay for their rent and, and pay for some of their books and, and, uh, and tuition uh, and balancing that with taking a full-time load of 12 or 15 hours. The Peoria Democrat introduced the bill in October and says he plans to pick it up in the spring. The next legislative session starts on January 16th. I'm Emily Hayes. Immigrants legally allowed to work in the United States but who are not yet citizens can now apply to be police officers in Illinois. We get the story from Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman. The measure from Democratic State Representative Barbara Hernandez of Aurora allows immigrants with work visas to submit applications. It allows people with federal work authorizations such as green card holders and asylum seekers to be a police officer or deputy sheriff if they're federally allowed to carry a gun. Hernandez says this does not apply to undocumented immigrants. Now, a lot of people think non-citizens are undocumented or quote-unquote illegal immigrants. That's not the case. Um, illegal immigrants are not going to be uh, patrolling the streets as cops. The new law also doesn't currently apply to DACA recipients who can't legally possess firearms, but Hernandez hopes the federal rules change on that. I'm Alex Stegman. A longtime educator has joined the Carl Sandburg College Board of Trustees. Jeff Witsit replaces Bruce Lowerman, who stepped down in November after more than three decades on the board. Witsit is superintendent of United School District 304 in rural Monmouth, though he will retire at the end of the school year. He's held that position since the district was formed by consolidation in 2004. On the Sandberg board, Witsit will fill the remainder of Lowerman's term, which expires in 2027. A new report on social media use among teens shows there are both mental health harms and benefits that can come from it. Researchers call on social media companies to do more to protect young people online, but they also give teachers and parents a role to play. Iowa Public Radio's Grant Gerlach reports. The report from the National Academy of Sciences says studies find social media is often associated with depression and anxiety among teens, but the research does not yet support a strong causal relationship. Iowa State University psychologist Douglas Gentile contributed to the study. He believes media literacy should be part of K-12 education so students understand how companies target content toward users and how things like online harassment can harm others. As soon as you actually show them what the science is on how these harms can work, 
they change things themselves in a way that is really beneficial for them. Gentile says parents can help protect their kids from the potential harms of social media. He recommends keeping phones and screens out of bedrooms and putting limits on both the apps they use and the amount of time they spend online. I'm Grant Gerlach, IPR News. Two major business groups are pushing for a bill to allow foreign businesses to buy Iowa farmland and receive tax credits for large business developments. The Iowa Business Council and the Iowa Chamber Alliance both support the major economic growth attraction program. The bill passed the Iowa Senate with nearly unanimous support last year, but stalled in the House. Some lawmakers said they were concerned about allowing foreign ownership of farmland and about the cost of the tax credits. Iowa's legislative session begins today. In our feature for today, Saturday marked a dark anniversary in American history. Three years ago, an armed mob of Donald Trump supporters and right-wing extremists stormed the U.S. Capitol building in an effort to prevent the certification of the 2020 presidential election. Democratic Congressman Mike Quigley of Illinois was there. Illinois Public Radio's Mawa Iqbal talked with Quigley about that chaotic day, and he reflects on how January 6th, 2021 might impact the upcoming presidential election. Congressman Mike Quigley says even the night before the attack on the Capitol was ominous. He remembers it being unseasonably warm, so he says he rode his bike around the Capitol grounds. I stopped and occasionally walked my bike because these these moops were hanging out. They were semi-camping on the on the grounds, and uh, you could hear them. And what they were earshot of Capitol Police, and I was like, "Did you hear that? Uh, you know, they were going to lynch the vice president. They were going to build a gallows. They they were going to take over." The next morning, as he was heading into the House chamber, he looked out of a window onto the grounds, where he saw a huge crowd of people who were carrying Trump flags and Confederate flags. And I saw three Capitol Police, and all they had on was baseball caps. And I, I still have the text. I said. We may not have enough security, and my comms director, we still have it, wrote back, well, at least you're in the Capitol where you know you're safe. But Quigley and his colleagues began their work counting the electoral votes to certify President Biden's victory over former President Trump, when all of a sudden Quigley sees House leadership being whisked away off of the floor. Then the chairman of the House Rules Committee read an announcement saying, Protesters have reached statutory hall. Tear gas has been released, so please put your tear gas mask on. Everybody goes, what tear gas mask? Quigley remembers hearing chaos all around, with tear gas canisters bursting, people screaming, and then a gunshot to his left. What does it say that I'm waiting for the National Guard so that I can go back and vote on the peaceful transition of power in the world's most important democracy? Quigley says he's worried that many people's perceptions about what really happened on January 6th have changed, for the worse. According to a recent Washington Post-University of Maryland poll, only 14 percent of Republicans now believe Trump bears responsibility for the insurrection. That's half as many Republicans that held him responsible in 2021. More Republicans also don't believe that the attack on the Capitol was violent. And Quigley says that doesn't bode well for this year's elections. If it could get that bad, what, what's possible now with a man who seems even more desperate, more despotic? 
There are efforts in at least two dozen states, including Illinois, challenging Trump's eligibility to run for office, citing his participation in an insurrection. The U.S. Supreme Court announced it will consider whether states can remove Trump from the ballot. Yet quickly says he's also worried about voter safety and access at the polls. He fears the rise in extremism will put the electoral process under threat. Again, there's an acceptance of uh, violence condoned and encouraged and incited by President Trump. And quickly is concerned that kind of violence could even erupt here during the Democratic National Convention in August. So he's working now to secure an additional $25 million to bolster security. I'm Mawa Iqbal. Meanwhile, Trump has chosen not to sign a voluntary pledge to Illinois voters. He won't advocate a government overthrow. It's an obscurity in state election law called the Loyalty Oath, and it's been around since the 1950s. Trump chose to sign it for his 2016 and 2020 presidential runs, but he's not saying why he won't on his third try for the White House. In the weather for our listening area for today, there is a winter storm warning that will start at 6 tonight and last until Wednesday morning at 6. We expect a rain and snow mix to start around 3 this afternoon, and the high should be in the mid-30s with southeasterly winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour. We could have wind gusts as high as 30 miles an hour. For tonight, snow could accumulate up to between 3 and 7 inches, and we expect a low temperature in the low 30s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.